supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. And no nation which expects to be the leader of other nations can expect to stay behind in this race for space. Oh my God! They're back. We're back. <laughs> <on the road. laughs> yes. No. We have been granted pass into the outer realms with Joey and Tanya. Welcome back to the show, you two. Thank, Thank you. It's you. great we to be here. On your show. Yeah. We, we, oh, no. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say. I know I say it every time, but I love your opening so much. Well, well thank you. Thank you. That was. I, I haven't I haven't um, talked him up for a while. My brother was the one that wrote that score, um, and that was just when he did that. For anybody that doesn't know that story, he just did it. You know, just sat down with the guitar pedals, cranked cranked that out real quick, and he just sent it to us. He's like, "What do you think?" I sent it over to Austin. He's like, "That sounds great." I gave it. You know, let Chris listen to it. He goes, "I like I like it," and we went with it. And the only the only the only thing that still bothers me, and I'm still trying to figure it out, is I need to find. A moving image of Godzilla because that scene is when he's tear the the guy in the Godzilla suit. I apologize, I think of his his name's failing right now, but that's the one where he's just tearing through the wires. And that's what I said, and that's what I was wanting. So that's yeah. But oh man, we are talking Mothman tonight. Uh, All right, I, 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 something I hear might be a certain passionate subject for you two. Maybe definitely, definitely <laughs> is. I came with my gear. My Mothman oh, search too. team gear. Hi to Craig, by the way. Head. Craig Sadaka. Hi, nice Craig. to see you, Craig. Um, but yeah, yes. let's talk Mothman. And hopefully in a way, Mothman's kind of been talked to death. So we're yeah, going to try to create a tapestry. There was so much more going on within Mothman at the time, 66, 67. Yeah, and, I, and one of the things I really wanted to get you to, you know, because, well, I think we'll touch on a little bit, too, again, is um, your guys' experience that you had. Mm -hmm. You know, because I had asked you during your show, I'd said, that seems to me like it was almost like you guys had a Mothman-like, you know, experience because of the what you saw, you know, jump across. I mean, it could have been like the Spring Hill Jack. I mean, it could have there's a lot of things that, you know, it could have been, but it's just the way you guys described it was kind of just the way it was really cool. And it's, this is one of those I put in the promo. I said, I would say besides Bigfoot and probably like the gray alien, this has got to be one of the cryptids that I think is probably one of the, one of the higher up there as a cult following. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Where, I agree. Yeah. Cause this is, yeah. this is one where it's, I mean, it's not a wide known one. This isn't something like people in Oregon are seeing the Mothman and people in Mexico are seeing the Mothman. This is a localized one, like the Flatwoods monster, you know, you have these ones, it's localized, but it has such an iconic, such, I mean, you'd think just off the name, it's like, what kind of ridiculous name is the Mothman? I mean, you're picturing, you, know, you see the cartoon one with these little feelers, you know, and these big eyes, you know, just this little thing going, you know, like, that doesn't seem very scary. You're just like, okay, go. <laughs> and they, even, yeah. and they, even, they even have a festival in their town for it. They do. Mm -hmm. And it saved, it saved the town. 
the town is booming because of that festival. What is it, 15, 16 years now? Yeah. And, and we've been to about half of them. Yeah. And really, wow, it's, it's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, it's wild. Uh, I wrote a play about the town a number of years ago that's now kind of being folded into my fiction novels. But to have this a town where you have one bar and like 20 something churches, very religious people on the Ohio River, very simple, God fearing and this winged red eyed thing comes to town for two years almost and then the town you know the silver bridge collapses is is in it in 67 then the town almost dies because you had that bridge that moved up river like a half a mile or so or more a couple miles up river mm -hmm. and the town was practically dead and then mothman prophecies movie came out and everyone's what is this mothman and next thing you know, they have this festival. And now 15, 16 years later, the town is booming. There's not an off season. All the shops are filled. Mm -hmm. um, wow. It's an yeah, amazing story. Yeah, I was going to say, I really think not even so much the movie, but it's the festival that's really raised the awareness yeah. for people about Mothman. Because when we even first moved to West Virginia in 2007 and and talked about going to Point Pleasant, talked about Mothman. Even a lot of people in West Virginia still did not know what Mothman was. They hadn't heard of it. Yeah. That, well, it's, you know, and I, I would say for some people, and it's weird, it's like for something that has such a following, such a, just a passion behind it, it's amazing some of the people that have no clue. They're just like, Mothman? Yeah. You're like, no, I mean, this is, this is one where, as far as I can remember, I don't remember there being any violent you know, people claiming like violent attacks. It was just, I basically, I kind of did one of the nicknames, the harbinger of doom. You know, yes. it, was just, it was, it was basically, it's that thing where here, if you see the Mothman, you're, you're basically, a lot of people's instincts was, oh crap, what's coming? Right. There's something coming, you know, it's like the bridge, you know, you know, just like you said, there's something, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you know, panic almost ensues when, you know, and it could be just a town. Ah, I saw the moth. You know, and all of a sudden everybody's like, "Oh my god!" You know, just like, "What do we do?" And uh, it's one of those. As you get into it, you're like, "This is really." I mean, I do. I want to go to Point Pleasant, not only, not only just so I can go brave the, you know, the TNT igloos and just try the thing out and see, you know, see what happens there. But just to, just to do that, go around see the statue, and I'll, I'll bring that up for people that haven't seen that the Mothman statue because that's. You know, the Mothman is pretty brave because the very first sighting in 1966, it was witnessed by five people. It's not some backwood country guy. Oh, I thought I'd seen this. It actually presented itself where five people saw it. And, I mean, I don't know the accounts of their stories, but five people see it together. So that's like, hey, Joe, did you see that? Tanya, did you see that? So I mean, normally when you when you talk about other creatures and other cryptids, they're only one person only sees it in a pasture at night or something. So I mean, I don't. I mean, that that's very credible to me that five people seen it. That's yeah, and actually, it was it was over a hundred, over a hundred people saw it, and um, the first sighting actually of a Mothman like creature in the area was actually August predating uh the the more famous november sightings and it was a couple called the grays and they were church going folk and they lived oh. by two churches 
around 11 o'clock at night, I think his name was Walter, but Mr. Gray gets his feeling of foreboding. What's going on? The energy's off in my house. I feel like I'm being watched. 3 a.m., they see this winged humanoid that they think is a demon in the guise of an angel. That's August. October 7th in West Virginia, you start to get, uh, or October of 67, you start to get UFO sightings. So UFOs were paired with Mothman almost the whole time, which is very interesting. Then still preceding that major first sighting, you have November 2nd on Route 77, which we've traveled a lot. Um, there's a gentleman named Woody Derenberger. And he's driving, and this thing that looks like a stovepipe on its side is hovering <laughs> over the highway in West Virginia, 1966. And this guy gets out, his hair is slicked back, looks kind of Italian, dark complected, um, in a trench coat, and talks to him telepathically. And this is this infamous being, Indrid Cold. All of this is preceding the Mothman sighting, right? So then... Wow. Two days later, um, Woody's driving down on, what, a year before my birthday to the day, mm -hmm. or two years before my birthday, November 4th, and he gets this download about a planet called Lanulos in a star system called Ganymede. Ganymede does not exist in our universe, right? Yeah, um, run. So... <laughs> <laughs> Either he made yeah, it up or yeah, it's I don't. a system in a parallel universe. It's one or the other. But anyway, and Woody gets Woody gets kind of shady. But so now November 14th, okay, we're getting warm. There's a guy named Merle Partridge. Uh, now, if you do research on Merle, uh, you may see his name is Newell, N-E-W-E-L-L. -L. That was a mistake on his birth certificate that some famous researchers picked that up, okay? Oh, wow. And he has a weird thing. His dog is going crazy. His TV explodes in his house. He hears this high, like a pulse hum. That's crazy. It's like scales. And it gets higher and higher till the TV blows out. His dog disappears, never to be found again. And then, of course, the next day, November 15th, that's what Chris is talking about, mm -hmm. the sighting with the mallets and the scarberries in their 57 mm -hmm. Chevy. Uh, this thing chases them at 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour. God, that's that's crazy. Yeah. I wonder, wonder but, was it flying or was it running? It was flying, like gliding, like the wings were out and it's gliding. But 100 miles an hour, flapping its wings every once in a while. Uh, they were in a souped-up 57 Chevy, and he, he was pretty much flooring it uh, down Route 62. And they were scared. They were like high school kids. They were married young, two couples. And they went to the sheriff, and the sheriff said, I have no reason to doubt these kids are obviously scared out of their minds. Yeah, they were obviously scared. And then it was on. It's just you can cite case after case. Uh, it came after one woman was holding her baby. Yes. A woman named Marcella Bennett. She dropped her baby in the driveway and fell on top of it. She was so scared by this thing. Um, and then Faye DeWitt and her brother... Um, saw it near the power plant, right. which is where it was uh, cited by um, the Scarberries. Then that Thanksgiving, so that's 10 days later, this guy named Tom Yuri sees this flying thing. He said it was a bird. He said it wasn't the Mothman. He said it was this giant bird flying by the Ohio River. 
So UFOs, Mothman. Possible Thunderbird. Possible Thunderbird, just, right. And not yeah. just a couple of UFOs. I mean, there was a huge UFO flap during this time. In fact, it was pretty much a nightly occurrence, the way Keel describes it in the Mothman prophecies, where people would gather in their cars. They would go park on on farms, um, go up on hills and watch the skies, like pretty much nightly. That's how much they were they were observing these lights move up and down the Ohio River all during wow. this time. Now, what um, what would you say, like through your guys' time being there and just looking through, what do you think is the kind of almost like a basic factor that seems to make this area such a hot spot? Because you've right. got cryptids, you've got these UFOs, you have got so many different things that converge on this whole section of whether the Ohio Valley to West Virginia to upper New York. I mean, I mean, we talked about the Pukwaji. You know, it just you've got all these these things that seem to cluster in this area where it just seems to be a major thing. So what do you what do you think is going on? I mean, is there I, I think a bunch of things, but you got all these rivers confluencing, right? So up mm -hmm. by Pittsburgh, you got the three rivers. Uh, right in Point Pleasant, where all this happened, you have the uh, the Little Kanawha and the Ohio coming together in a point that the Indians called Two Indy Way, where the two rivers meet. So you have this very, very powerful confluence of these two waters. That generates a lot of energy. This was the place of coal mining and all of that kind of stuff. So I think you have a lot of evidence, quote unquote, of elementals, things that people <laughs> might call gin in another culture that are tied to the land, which has been burrowed into, which has been extracted from. Now, what's interesting is the whole mid-Ohio Valley, Indians didn't really, Native Americans didn't really settle there, but they use it as a hunting ground. But if you look at their oldest, oldest descriptions, they say that there are monsters in the woods in that area. So it's always been an act of like, I don't know if there's a series of portals, but there almost certainly is one portal or more in that Point Pleasant area. No doubt. And I was going to say, when I mean, you were talking, Craig, about the mid-Ohio Valley, West Virginia, up into mm -hmm. New York, I think a lot of that whole area, too, particularly uh, West Virginia, we noticed, I think it has to do with some geological factors. Um, a lot of places, particularly where there are these underground caverns, where there's uh, large limestone deposits, um, you know, underground waterways. I think all of these things also contribute to elevate uh, paranormal activity. Yeah, no, I'm trying to look at, because I was looking at there's in, because I know like you guys have, you know, your famous one is the Loveland Frogman. You know, from oh, Ohio. In, uh, in, Ohio. in Ohio. Yeah, you know, just it, yeah. it's one of those kind of like in the same area. And I'm trying to remember if there's one that's in the West Virginia area, because that's, because what you're saying about the geological thing is I'm starting to wonder, because that's always been a rumor, is that some of these creatures are subterranean. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in that, it, because we've, oh, I'm trying to look, I don't know oh. why I can't find the name of it, but it's it's one, because, you know, it's, I'll, as I'm looking through it, I'll, I'll come up with a name, but it's it's along that same line. You have all of these small statured creatures, Pukwaji, Love and Frogman, you've got, um, Oh, is that, I'm just, all I want to say is you got those hillbillies that said that they saw those alien-like oh, creatures that were attacking oh, the them. Kentucky Goblin? 
Ducky Goblin. Yes. Right. So, so here you've got that same type of thing where you've got these small statured creatures. Everybody's, you know, the common theme to all of them is the same size. Right. Mm -hmm. They're all talking about different features. But I'm wondering, like I said, if you guys, do you think, has there been anything in Point Pleasant or in that area of something of this size, like the small statured sightings? Because that's one thing I was looking at. I haven't seen any, but I know you guys have been around there a lot. Not that, not that I know of. It's more there. like in the in that West Virginia area. It's more the big things, like the Snallygaster, they call it, or uh, the white things. The white things. The white yep. things are terrifying. The white things are these big, like it sounds exactly what they're like. These big, white, ferocious beasts. But the weird thing is, they psychically eviscerate you. So people say this wow. thing attacked me, and I felt it ripping into my guts and pulling my intestines out and it was all a psychic nightmare which is incredibly frightening to me incredibly frightening to me <laughs> well, it almost it almost sounds at that point like um some black ops military you know oh they, yeah going to, like it's one of those that the images are being sent you know it's like a test you know it's like aerosol spray or whatever you know like an lsd type trip you know that's where i was wondering if that's because you know as i'm getting into this area as we're doing the podcast it's been getting i've been especially dealing you know dealing with some of the topics and then you know getting to know you guys it's really branched off those things and i've you know i'm starting to look into more of these things and i'm wondering is, is there military operation somewhere nearby well, funny you should sunny? ask, but let me say, as far as the white things, um, the reports go back to the 1700s, yeah, but so that's, I have a note right here. It's the weirdest thing and nobody can tell me anything about it. So if anyone is listening and has info, I'm trying to find, there was an $8 million naval installation in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in the 1960s. What? And nobody seems to be able to tell me there's only like one photo. It's very nondescript of like a fence and like a nondescript building. Nobody seems to know. But as we were becoming part of the trusted circle, somebody said, hey, you know, there was a naval base here. And I'm kind of a U.S. Navy enthusiast. My dad was a cryptographer. Mm -hmm. He's in the naval uh, security group and all. And uh, yeah, what a weird place. You know, in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, to put a naval installation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I'm I'm that's one of those things. I'm going to have to definitely look because the only thing, like, I just did a quick search. And the only thing that's coming up is the Sugar Grove Station, you know, which is NSA. Yeah, which is over there, and but that's which is kind of funny because that's what I've named my uh, my account on here. Is I if you look, it's not on screen, but it says NSA Handler. Oh wow! The one that I'm using to run all the pictures and stuff. I have that one <laughs> labeled as NSA handler. No, it's but it, getting back to the Mothman, you know, the whole point too. He's little side notes there. I just, you know, I really wanted to get down. What do you guys think is probably, in your opinion, probably would be the quintessential most accurate description when you have to give somebody that's a Mothman? Because I mean, obviously, you look at the statue, and they've got you know, the, the silver guy with the wings, but I don't know if I've ever heard a description where it's silver. It's, it's usually dark gray, black, mm -hmm. you know, very nondescript. You don't really see a lot of features other than the glowing eyes and the fact that it's chasing you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so uh, most of the people described, at least the accounts, again, that you read in the Mothman prophecies, uh, these hypnotic, like you said, they notice these large, almost bicycle reflector-like hypnotic eyes. And some people were just so uh, literally entranced by the eyes that they didn't really notice much else. But, uh, you know, humanoid, bipedal uh, wings and uh, no no neck really they again and they they didn't really even discern in a lot of the accounts much of a head because the eyes were such a prominent feature of the creature right so 10 foot wingspan seems to be the aggregate um it usually doesn't um diverge much from this 10 foot anywhere between six and seven feet tall which is interesting. That's yeah. in that, that oversized Bigfoot kind of territory, right? Pushing mm -hmm. seven feet. Uh, slender, muscled body. So, of course, everybody touches the buns of steel on Bob Roach's sculpture. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, Craig, um, of often comments, Craig often comments about our uh, mothy, we call him back there, who's got yep. a six-pack. Nice six ripped moth, yeah, ripped yeah. moth man, you know, yep. I got this for my birthday this year, and... Uh, this is pretty close to what they talk about. That's awesome. Um, you know, it's definitely stylized, but it's pretty, it's pretty close. Um, just scary. But then some people report having a total sense of calm as they look yeah. in the eyes. Yeah. And then Tanya mentioned bicycle reflectors. Uh, Merle Partridge said, I think this thing was mechanical the thing that was out by my barn frightening my dog. He's like, they were not eyes. They were mechanical reflectors of some kind, and it was making a weird humming noise. Other people say that it squeals like a loud mouse. I can't even imagine an amplified mouse squeal coming out of a seven-foot-tall, 10-foot-wide wingspan, glowing red-eyed beast. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, man. Yeah, especially in the 1960s. I mean, this is yeah. something, you know. Yeah, the heyday. I mean, I was, you know, as you're doing, I mean, it must have been terrifying, especially like, Tony, when you're talking about the story where the lady's holding her kid, she drops a kid. I mean, you're, I, I, I don't imagine as a parent, your first instinct is to throw the kid on the ground and then like, yeah, hey, I probably should cover him up. Right, I'm like, right. yeah, that, that was what it's just, you hear these stories. I'm like, how freaky is that when you're just like, you know, hey, every man for themselves. Sorry, kid. You had, you had a good run of it and you, you, you're taking it, but yeah, dropping the kid. Yeah, I think she was so she was just so paralyzed just with shocked. fear and shock yeah. that yeah, yeah she just dropped the baby. Yeah, and I was you know just like joking wise, I was like the you know Grace, how awesome would that have been if the guy's first name was Neil, middle initial A? For anybody <laughs> that's you know for the joke, gray alien. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I go, how awesome would that be? You know, and then you'd be just like you know conspiracy would just go nuts. You know, just like the guy's name's alien. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I just heard Grays, and I was just, I'm like, especially with UFOs, I'm like, God, you can't make this stuff up. This is awesome. No. Primary characters are gray, the Grays. <laughs> so, so I think one of the weirdest stories um, is so November 27th. So now we're talking, uh, we're less than two weeks into this major rash of sightings nice. now. And at the Mason County Golf Course, which is right outside New Haven, which we've been to a number of times in Mason County there, a uh, woman named Connie Carpenter, her, her aunt or aunt was Mary Heyer. 
Mary was a correspondent for the Athens Messenger and wrote so many of the articles. And she worked very closely with John Keel when he went down. But anyway, on this golf course, she sees a gray humanoid, seven feet tall with hypnotic red eyes. Okay. Here's where it gets really weird. Uh, let me find this here so I get it right. February 22nd of 67. So we're talking four months later. A man in his mid-20s tries to abduct Car Connie in a 49 Buick in Point Pleasant. This guy wow. tries to abduct her. She's seen this thing four months earlier. She gets home from school. She's a high school student. And there's a note under her door that says, I can get you yet. Uh, what is no. that about? No. That's crazy. Yeah, what is that about? She was really badly, as you can imagine, badly traumatized. Yeah, she doesn't talk about it. She doesn't talk about it to this day because I'm designing an escape room where we're really going to honor the history. It's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy oh, yeah. and amazing. The tech is going to be cool. We're doing some really amazing surprise things, right? But uh, we were hoping to talk to her because we're going to recreate her aunt's office, Mary's office. Oh, that'd be um, cool. Yeah, but um, she, she, I mean, you see this thing, and then four months later, a guy tries to abduct you, fails to abduct you, but doesn't run off, leaves a note under your door in your house. I can I'm gonna get you. Yes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why. I'm good luck getting the story out of there because I don't know if it would be one of those. That's one of those where you're just like, yeah, I'm not talking about this ever again. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and rightfully so. And I will tell, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, so many of the witnesses, their lives fell apart. They suffered divorces. They suffered nervous breakdowns. They were shunned by the community. Uh, there was a local author who wrote a book and then just kind of disappeared. And the book did very well. And he said, "I, I don't want any part of this. I'm not talking about it." again and i think a lot of it has to do with the men in black phenomenon yeah uh, that's what i was going to say there was so much men in black activity going on just you know people were seeing them walking down the street like what was that jeff was telling us about um i think it was his mother and there was a photograph or something and there were these men in black types in the photograph and she's like oh yeah those guys we saw those guys all the time during the mothman sighting they were just and wow. we always commented on how weirdly they were dressed because you know they were just so out of place and that that was i you know i've talked about it a couple times too but you know with you guys mentioning like portals you know as i'm i'm as we go through this thing i'm getting more and more to where i always like to use the word for, you know to show fringe you know so where as a best way to describe it is you have two alternate realities that are right here. And I think what happens every now and then is just these weakenings occur. Like you said, the portals and you have this crossover where this Mothman, this could be a normal, you know, a normal, you know, just like you and me. I mean, this could be the Mothman could be a type of, you know, cr creature that is exists in thing, but occasionally it, one of them will bleed over into ours. And all of a sudden you have this sighting. And it's flying around freaking out. It doesn't know what the heck these these weird, hardly haired, non winged, you know, creatures that are walking around are. And it's, you know, it's. And I'm the same way with that because as we've done it with modern technology, as we see all these sightings, the thing that's always been the biggest thing for me is we are not finding habitat, mm -hmm. right. like even in Bigfoot. 
-hmm. we're not finding i mean if you know you see pictures of these big how come with all the stuff we're going on you should see evidence of animal carcasses being drug into a cave being mm -hmm. drug up a tree we're not finding these things but we're finding it's hair footprints you know sightings you know all these people are saying the same thing i've seen a mothman i've seen this winged creature but yet nobody can find you know without making it sound too funny that nobody's found a nest nobody's okay. found mm -hmm. you know a flying creature you know this giant domain up in a tree they're, they're obviously this isn't for an eagle and I, i'm that's that way it's just like you said with a big bird like thunderbird what if these giant eagle creatures exist on this other plane and occasionally they they come in you know and they're swinging around and you know we're like holy crap look at that 20 foot wingspan creature i've you know and nobody can find obviously you should be able to find a nest right at mm -hmm. some point i mean and, and that's right. I was, you know for you guys i don't know if you think mothman would fall under this category as well as maybe something that could be interdimensional that's showing up occasionally you know and then you can get into the whole thing of like is it a coincidence that it shows up at certain certain times or is it was the bridge collapse due to the weakening of the veil and it so caused that, something that you know caused that yeah that's a, it's that's it, it's question. hard to say i mean what what you're talking about and we've been sort of talking around so far is the garuda right this garuda is the harbinger of doom and it shows up in yep. all kinds of cultures all over the world before these disasters. What's weird is from 13 months to the day from the Scarberry Mallet sighting, that's when the Silver Bridge collapsed. The Silver Bridge collapse also, and it's not funny at all, but it's ironic. It's weird. The exact moment that Lyndon Johnson lit the Christmas tree on the White House lawn. The lights went on and the bridge went down. Coincidence, I'm sure. But still. But really odd. Yeah. Really odd. I mean, you couldn't have planned that, you know, type thing. It's just, I mean, well, uh -oh. maybe you did. You could have. I mean, maybe that was maybe that was the light coming on. <laughs> that maybe was the that signal. Was the sign to blow. Yeah. Yeah, um, I had, mean. Yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find any other sightings since 2011. Has there been any other sightings of Mothman since 2011? People, people have claimed so. Um, what we saw in 2009, we don't believe was Mothman. We believe it was some kind of related creature. Now, the weird thing is when we saw it, to me, it looked like a guy, a full-grown male, in a neoprene wetsuit being shot out of a cannon. And you saw it as? I just saw a bipedal humanoid in a single bound, like leap across, right. blink in, blink out. So but when we did the past life regression last year to find that over two hours of missing time that we had, you did see something that was very Mothman-like. I saw something very Mothman-like after. So in the regression, when we got back to the town, it, it was very much um, like the descriptions of the Mothman following us and then landing on top of a low hotel. Right the in the center of town. Hotel. And wow. kind of just watching us after our experience. So our Mothman like being, you know, um, Chicago, when was that big flap? 2015, 2016? 
2017, 18. I think. And it's a real split camp about the Chicago Mothman sightings. Was it real? Was it staged? Was it doctored? Did somebody make up a rumor and it was a group mind wildfire? Uh, but that that's that's out there. It's being debated. It's being investigated um, and written about. So this thing still is around. Now, there were a few accounts around, I want to say 2010. I mm -hmm. believe it was a mother and a daughter mm -hmm. um, driving in the area of Point Pleasant. I don't remember specifics, so I apologize. But they saw something that sounded very Mothman-like as well. Yeah, I'm thinking like in this modern age too. I'm amazed that there hasn't been more hoaxes mm -hmm. with drones. Mm -hmm. I mean, how easy would it be to sync up three drones, have one mounted like the head, you know, and you could easily have one spread out with wing, and you can just have this thing just zipping across the sky. I mean, I just I don't want to put this out in the ether because you know yeah. I don't want to be responsible for <laughs> right. thousands of you know horrible sightings now. But I'm just I'm amazed that this hasn't been staged yet because this is. Something like I said, you would see it out there and you know clearly people are going to see it and they're going to be, oh my God, I saw the Mothman. Right. Well, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 no. Oh. So, so talking about hoaxes, um, there are people who say to this day that the whole thing was a hoax, was was dudes in the suit. And uh, I had a very... Um, or sand cranes. Or sand cranes. Oh, yeah. As that uh, Ohio University professor uh, said, but um, I had a really weird experience. It was in 2000, let's call it 2012, 2013, um, teaching a civics course down at the state capitol in Charleston, West Virginia. And Tanya and Jolie are going around town because then we're going to Point Pleasant for the weekend. And I mentioned to the students, I say, oh, when I'm done, this is my last class of the day. And then I'm heading to Point Pleasant, like we investigate the Mothman. So their teacher lets all the kids file out of the room. And he was a pretty big guy. And he comes right up almost nose to nose with me. And he says, I was a kid in Point Pleasant at that time. And it's all BS. But he didn't say BS. Yeah. And he was, he was adamant, adamant about it. Um, so, so that's weird too. Um, not everybody's a huge fan of the festival and not everybody's a huge fan of the museum and the statue and the people coming to town pursuing this thing. Uh, it's a very split camp. Uh, Which is weird. It, I, I come from where we moved from. It was town Oregon sisters. And there was, there was the people that absolutely love the tourist season. And then there's the other ones that absolutely hate it. But I'm like, do you guys look around what you have? Mm -hmm. This would all be gone yep. if there wasn't people flocking in here because of this love and this passion for this. You know, I mean, if you really want to get to at this point, who cares if it was when you're here at this festival? Who cares? We're not here to debate whether it's real or fake. We're here because we absolutely am enamored with this cryptid. I love this. I'm here buying food. I'm staying here at hotel. You know, I'm staying here at bed and breakfast wherever you're staying. You know, I'm buying the fuel from the gas station. I'm doing all this stuff. I go, this is supporting the town. So it, it always amazes me the people that will come up to like you guys and say, you know, I really wish none of this was here. It's like, you're crazy. You're yeah, crazy. When, we, when we first went to Point Pleasant in 2009, this was before the festival had really grown. I mean, it was g gaining in popularity at that time. 
but it, it hadn't exploded into what it is now. And there really, there was nothing. I mean, it's really changed the face of that main street. Like you were saying, Craig, I mean, the main street is gorgeous. Now all these new shops are going in boutiques, businesses. It was a dead main street when we got there in 2009, essentially. But, but, but I'll frame it this way. You have an Appalachian town, modest river town, working class people, simple lives, born, die there. Uh, religious, God-fearing. And yeah. what we're talking about is something that looks like this, right? So I think that's what's unsettling. Um, and then you have Cornstalk's curse. Like what was there's a Shawnee chief who before he was killed by the whites at Fort Randolph, did he curse the town for a hundred years? He didn't. He didn't. It was in a play celebrating the centennial of, of the fort. Um, or the 150th anniversary. It wound up in a play in the 1800s, and it became lore. But you have a town that really, yeah, there's, there that doesn't even begin to, no, it's tens of it's thousands grown, of people. Even yeah. Since then, yeah. And well, that's, you know, yeah. that's, I, was, I was bringing that picture to show people. It's just, you see, these are people that are bringing money into your town and supporting yeah. your town. But what if, what if somebody's ancestors kind of made up the Mothman to drive everybody out of the town so they could buy the land for dirt cheap because the guy, the professor whoever got nose to nose with you what if he knows that it was his ancestors or his mother, his grandfather who wanted to do that so they could buy up all the land in Point Pleasant and just run everybody out of town so now he feels really bad about it that's why he's like, it's bullshit I wonder. I think it took so long for the town to revitalize after the Silver Bridge disaster in December 67 that, I mean, even there, now land is cheap. Yeah, even still. Um, yeah, it's not. I mean, the town is thriving in its own way, but it's a no, by no means a going concern. It's by no, you know, nobody's getting rich there. I think it's, I think it was really more sort of like culturally people who experienced it um you know they knew what they experienced right. they, they there was no question in their mind but for the people who hadn't experienced it all they were seeing was all these strange people starting to come they, they were making uh national news at the time i don't think they wanted that kind of publicity as joey said there wasn't even a bar in the town so this is a very religious culture society community they just didn't want that kind of recognition and and they really accused anyone who claimed to have seen the Mothman as either being, you know, a drunk or being crazy. Yeah, they're looking for attention. Yeah, because oh, now you got Cryptid Comic Con rolling through town. My question. Oh, yeah. Be, yep. My, my question to them would be like, how am I a drunk when we don't even have a bar in town? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a drunk. We don't even have a bar that you see me at. Like, the liquor store is 15 oh. minutes from my house. Yeah. yeah I mean, such a strange place for it to happen to, mm -hmm. um, you know, not a, not a, I, I don't, mm, that sounds maybe wrong, but, um, it's, it's fascinated me. It's fascinated me for a decade. Like I said, I wrote a play about it and now I'm incorporating mm -hmm. it in books and I'm designing a, an escape room because, uh, Mary Heyer said something to the effect of, 
what kind of long-term effect could a monster have on a small community? And I think that that's the key question. It's been totally profound. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, just seeing some of the things. I mean, it's just you've become, I, I you know, having said all that, you know, just, you know, tongue in cheek too, I, I could see some of the people, you know, how you just, you know, this is my little town. I liked it. Chris, you know, brought up a good point. You know, I'm upset that this has changed. But in the same time, it's like you have something now where you have a notoriety. I'm sure this last year, you know, obviously it was down. You know, he's, he's still had some people roll through just, but obviously he didn't have the same excitement. So hopefully this next year is a lot. You know what, Craig? There was no festival, but the museum turned bigger numbers than they do during the festival. Wow. Oh, that's wow. cool. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's good. I, I mean, people are completely fascinated with this thing, you know, is, was it a monster? Was it a, was it a harbinger of doom? Was it a demon? Was it, yeah. I mean, you don't typically have those conversations about other cryptic. You don't talk about them in that way. Like nobody says this, oh, is Bigfoot demonic? Is, is Bigfoot a harbinger of, you know, Bigfoot's yeah. got its, its own set of issues. Is it flesh and blood? Is it interdimensional? Is it, you know, is it this, is it that? Um, but it's this perfect storm. And then you mix in UFO sightings and then these creepy MIBs showing up and doing totally off the wall things and witnesses being abducted. And I think the men in black phenomenon that was going on is equally yeah. as strange as yeah. the Mothman. Right I mean, strange men showing up in people's homes in the middle of the night with crew cuts and flat <laughs> shirts. Just weird, weird, weird stuff. You want to know what's really funny? I just, as, you're say, as you were saying that, I just came across this photo. Oh, yeah, see? Yeah. It just Right as you said, it was just... That was like the synchronicity that we always talk about. I was just, I literally just looked at it. I'm like, should I put that one up? I'm like, nah, and I just had it sitting off to the side. And then you started talking about it. I'm like, I go, strange guys showing up in the black sedans, showing up at somebody's house. And sure enough, here's somebody that drew a fan art about that. I'm like, ah, that's, so I just was, that was pretty cool how I, I found that photo right at that, right just before you saying that. So that was pretty cool. Right. And that's, you know, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That is 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 what it is. Like, what are these things? What did they want? Were they government agents? Probably some of them were. We've seen spectral ones, though, in the Webb Memorial Library. They were they acted robotic like. Very robotic. And they and attacked that. other ghosts and jammed the spirit box. And but they weren't there. They weren't flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. But they did admit, you know, so many people when they report seeing men in black, they talk about this just very sort of foreboding feeling mm-hmm. that the men in black emit, um, you know, almost like you make the hair on the back of your neck kind of stand up, you know, signature mm-hmm. frequency that they send out. And these spectral men in black had that same quality to their energy. But not all of them. Right. Not so all of them. in mm-hmm. January 19th, 1967, Mary Heyer is sitting in her office uh, for the Athens Messenger. 
And I actually sat, Craig, I texted you about a synchronicity this morning mm -hmm. that I had. I, I sat with a spirit box in front of her old office for about 20 minutes a couple months ago and got some interesting communications. Um, but this guy comes in. Okay, this sounds exactly the opposite. Four foot six tall. It's my favorite. He's wearing thick story. Coke bottle glasses. He's got a bowl haircut. So already you're check you're seeing this guy, right? Mm -hmm. It's yep. 20 degrees out, but he's wearing a short sleeve shirt. He comes into the office and he has this slow halting voice, which so many people say that. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not quite human speech. Something it's a parody. Off. It's a parody of human speech. Sometimes they stutter. And he picks up this ballpoint pen. And while he's talking to her, he's looking at it. And he's playing with it and he's doing things with it. Like he's never seen a ballpoint pen before. And Mary says to him, you can keep that if you want. It's a ballpoint pen. And he laughs hysterically, maniacally, <laughs> maniacally gleefully, and runs, runs out, out of, of the, the office. It's wow. So weird. But there, there are also accounts of men in black showing up at the homes of people who've had sightings, whether it be UFO, Mothman. And, you know, they offer them like, you know, something like Jello. And they have no idea how to eat it. They try to drink it. Right. Um, they or they want sugar use, water. Yeah. Sugar water. They don't know how to use utensils, like basic things. That, and they ask for, yeah, large quantities of sugar water. It's oh, you guys bizarre. know uh, Ed uh, Edgar, Alien Edgar in the first yep. MIB movie. Yeah, just like, you know, sugar. Where he takes the sugar, sugar water. water. Yeah. <laughs> sugar water. <laughs> yes, more, more, more. That's, yeah, that's basically <laughs> based on the lore or they have these weird pills that they have to take. So they'll be interviewing the people mm -hmm. or talking to them. They're like, I need to take my pill. Can I have a glass of water? People reported seeing what looked like maybe wires running down, like, you know, inside the, the leg or, you know, inside the trousers, just weird, weird things. The shoes look brand new shoes are and don't new. quite fit. The but cars brand new, even though they're 20 years old. I mean, what, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Well, I'm still, I'm still thinking about that one, like, you know, cause that one you described, you know, with the bull haircut and the glasses, I'm still, I mean, cause that's not your normal description at all. No. Yeah. No. I mean, is it's cause I mean, I was, when you first were describing, I was picturing the, I was picturing Edna from the Incredibles. You know, yeah. the bull haircut, the glasses yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know, was, yeah. The whole time. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. That's it. So, That's it. so after the Silver Bridge collapse in December, she gets another visit. Okay, so I'm going to try to approximate this as I understand it. So he comes in and he says, "What, what, what would you do if some someone asked you to stop talking about this? Because because I know J John Keel, and John Keel says that he sees UFOs, but he's a he's a liar. He's a liar. John Keel is not trustworthy, and and he makes everything up. How weird is that?" That, yeah, that's, that's, you know, so, so there's so much more, there's so much more going on mm -hmm. than just this one thing. There's all these things. And what is that? What is the, you know, interrelationship if there is one of all of these things and, and these incidents of high strangeness with the men in black, with the UFO flap, with the Mothman, is there some sort of relationship you know, with all of this at that time, who knows? Well, I'm wondering if you guys weren't on to something, you know, what you said, like the portals, because then that would put it on government 
you know, the deep state, you know, type, you know, where these black, you know, you know, black label agencies they're they've got this, you know, they're paying attention. And so as something happens, boom, they're there, you know, so just yeah. the black helicopter swoop in, you know, just on any instant. And that's, I'm wondering if there isn't something to this, cause that's kind of what led me to that question earlier, where, what is it about this area that seems to be such a hot spot for all these different things converging on this one location? And that's where the Naval base, um, one of these episodes, we're going to get on DARPA. We need to, we need to have an episode about DARPA. Yeah. And I'm wondering if something, you know, we, we can get to pop culture here, uh, stranger things. Like I wonder if something like that base you're talking about, some experiment was done and it kicked off something, opened something, and this mm-hmm. has just been a recurring thing after that. Because you, like you said it, you you don't have anything, and then all of a sudden the 1960s hit, and boom, it just shoots off with activity. Did they? Did somebody trigger something, open something, do something in Point Pleasant area that has created this? A la Stranger Things. Uh, you that. know, it's a great question because it wasn't just a Point Pleasant area during that time uh, in the 1960s. There was all kinds of, you know, UFO flaps, you know, incidents of high strange all over the country. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of like stuff going on everywhere. And then we time. moved then we moved into the abduction area. So 1950s, first reports of these flying saucers, maybe crashes in Roswell, maybe in Cape Girardeau, uh, all these different places, all these different incidents. Uh, Eisenhower meeting, right? Uh, Valiant Thor, who I'm researching now, right? So this guy Mm -hmm. who comes from Venus and is an advisor to the president and apparently meets with Nixon. And Nixon goes, you really shook our guys up. We have no idea if you're for real or not, but we're paying attention to everything you say, right? Nixon, who's so you know, skeptical and, and distrustful, who then in the 1970s, I think, takes Jackie Gleason to the yep, Homestead uh, Air Force Base to show him aliens. Yep. So, so there is a progression, and po- Tanya's right. Point Pleasant sort of fits into what this progression was. Mm-hmm, now, yeah. in my fiction, in my mirror universe of Point Pleasant, yeah, there's an Air Force base there, and there's all kinds of experimenting going on, because another theory is that Mothman was some kind of mutant that got out. I mean, they yeah, were manufacturing TNT. Mm-hmm. The TNT area is actually the McClintock Wildlife Refuge. It's a super fun site. It got highly, yeah. highly contaminated. Mm-hmm. So know? there have been, I've seen theories about that. Is it a mutation from all of these toxic chemicals that leaked into the area? Yeah. And that could be, yeah. And just having to muta- mutate it in the form of, yeah, this, this got real life. We, we talked, you know, I'm going to use that reference again. It's a real life Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, I mean, it's just, we, yeah, we, we don't know because it's it's all over the map. It's got all the parts and pieces of almost everything that as uh, 40ians or investigators of the paranormal, it's it's all the different parts and pieces we look at in one concentrated area. Oh God, yeah, it, it's, I man, it, I'm sure sure there's so many different questions. Like I said, you get, you know, just, I don't want to go too much because you know, we're starting to focus on Mothman. And I'm, I keep wanting to like, Ooh, 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 Ooh. I'm like, I'm like ADD squirrel right now. I got to keep myself focused. <laughs> it's just, 
So if anybody else has, you know, if you guys have another question, get it to get me, you know, focus on here again, because I'm going to jump off on a whole other tangent. But it's now it, I, I'm hoping that we are able to get these festivals, you know, up and running again, get the stuff going. Just one local artist, local crafts, local, just you never, there's all these people that, you know, that's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I met somebody just kind of a little random, you know, thing last January uh, when we went to Comic-Con in New Orleans, we went down there and this guy, he's, he's called himself that coaster guy and he makes coasters and this, you know, there, this one isn't one of his, but I'll just, it's just your normal ceramic tile and he'll come up with is everything from Mario brothers to like the outlander TV series. He does all these different coasters and so I, I could see guys like that, you know, Mothman stuff, you know, they've got all that. And that's, you know, they spend all this time crafting this stuff to sell. And then by no fault of theirs, you know, they're told, yeah, we got nothing for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like you said, the escape, you know, the more that the stuff gets out and keeps growing, the more things like the production you're working on is going to be, you know, that much bigger of a hit because I mean, I, I don't know if Austin, Chris, did you guys ever see the Mothman prophecies with Richard Gere? Don't think that I have. That's I would say that's probably the closest thing to mainstream that there really was on the Mothman. Joe, you, yeah. Joe, you might you know correct me on if I'm wrong there, yeah. but it's, that's you know everything else has been more of the documentary style, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, and, and it took a real long time to get a script to get it right, and it pulls a lot of different parts and pieces. If you start to look at the whole mosaic of the Mothman lore, you see where the writers drew from. Um, Guys, I would highly recommend the movie because it's beautiful. It's got a killer soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's filmed beautifully. Mark Pellington directed it. I'm not a huge Richard Gere fan, and he brings it big. Laura Linney's in it. Will Patton is in it. It's it's a tremendous movie, and it pulls a lot of different parts and pieces. So, um, Craig, the uh, the female police officer played by Laura Linney. Yes. That's actually Mary Hire. Okay. Um, she had the dream with the Nothing. packages floating in yep. the river at Christmas time. Um, that that I was watch that again. Thing. It's been so long. I mean, that's yeah. They do the, the kid who gets the conjunctivitis job. in his eyes. That was a real experience that Keel had. He saw a UFO over the higher Ohio River. Next morning, he woke up with the conjunctivitis, and that's getting uh, hit by radiation. That shows how old, how old I, you know, I just feel right now. I just looked at 2002 is when that film came out. I was like, yeah. oh my god, it's, it's 18 years yeah. now, almost 19 years. It's like, yeah. I mean, we've we've talked about this on what a couple of shows where Austin, I think, was five months old when me and my wife started dating wow wow <laughs> yeah it's just you know, <laughs> it's like getting these things where it's just it's like the age and you're just like oh my it's really been that long ago oh my <laughs> god yeah i mean the john keel um book i mean that came out the year i was born yeah i mean that's you know just you're going through and you're like man i mean just the fact that something is built this long i mean because we're coming up on so we're right at the 50, I think we're coming up on the 55th an- year anniversary since the first sighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, this, 
I mean, you want to talk about something that you never says a hoax. I mean, this has got a longevity of sightings and stuff, you know, for it to be, you know, go along, you know, without somebody cracking and say, oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was me and Tommy. Yeah, we did it. You know, we, we flew a kite behind the, you know, behind the bike, you know, scaring the people, you know, just make it, it's none of these stories are coming out. And you'd think by now, especially if there's a hoaxer, because I mean, what was that episode we talked about the in Tampa Bay, you know, with the penguin? <laughs> I mean, even that came out where the guy had the shoes, you know, he's like, he finally came out with the shoes and it came out. It's like, this is how, I mean, eventually these things will come out. Somebody will find the costume in the barn. Right. And yeah. nothing like that's happening. No guys in costumes don't go a hundred miles an hour. No. Uh, they, they don't make a, a mother drop her, her infant child. They, they, they just perch don't perch themselves on the top of telephone poles. Yeah, they don't. Poles. Yeah, they, or perch themselves on the top of telephone poles or buildings. Um, yeah. I still don't buy the sandhill crane one. I showed a picture like that. I mean, you, you can't. You take a sandhill crane. You're not picturing some ten foot wingspan. I mean, no. We live here in Florida. We see sandhill cranes all the time, and all so not, a single, not a single time have any of us thought about spiking a baby. Exactly. Because we just had a sandhill crane fly over there, our head. Exactly. Yeah. No, and doesn't it seem? Guys, that like the more legitimate the occurrence, the more ridiculous the explanation. Mm -hmm. There seems to be like if it's a hoax or if it's a misunderstanding, you can close that gap pretty quickly and explain it away. But we just watched a great on history, uh, history's greatest mysteries, like a six hour mini series on Roswell, all this new information and all. And 1993, 95, 97, the Air Force comes out with this report, right? Because Stephen Schiff, who was a uh, congressman in uh, New Mexico, said, we need to open this up. we got to find out what's going on. This is 40 years later. And they come out and first they go, oh, it was this Project Mogul, which was these high-tech listening balloons okay whatever and then a couple years later they go oh yeah the aliens that they saw they were these wooden like test dummies Test dummies that didn't come yeah. out for well the test dummies didn't come out until the 1950s yeah so this colonel right this bird colonel in the air force doing the the conference says what did he call it time compression Ta yeah time compression so when we get older we remember yeah. times differently huh. No, that's convenient. It makes no sense. Yeah, if you yeah. saw it in 1947, it wasn't 1952, and somehow you were confused. <laughs> yeah, that's no. I, 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 I yeah, no. I, I've I've always been kind of like that one. It's just a little side note too is that when when you have something like like the crash and they say it was a weather balloon, what is so top secret that you've got to threaten people? Because you have a, t you know, you have an aluminum foil, basically, you know, with balsa wood, you know, balloon that you're showing these things. Why, why such secrecy? Yeah. Let people collect, you know, why are you threatening people? You need to turn over what you have. Because mm -hmm. if this was just a weather balloon, I'm sorry, the Russians aren't trying to steal our weather information. <laughs> you know, this is the height of the Cold War. We're not, you know, we're not in something, it'd be this. So when you see these stories, there has to be something behind this thing. I mean, if the men in black sightings are shown, there's something to this because there's all these correlating sightings. It's like if a, if a shadow government agency is showing up because something has occurred, 
I mean, I'm actually surprised with the sightings you guys have that something like this hasn't occurred for you guys. Oh, like a like a de yeah. like a debrief because I mean, if you guys have had this thing, you've had these occur you've had this interactions. I'm 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 curious. It's like if you guys go through this stuff, if you ever just a fleeting like this type at some place, you know, you go through. If you guys have ever seen that a black sedan, you've ever seen one of these things. But then you know, right now you wouldn't really think about it. But when you actually go back, like the regression, you'd be like, oh yeah, it was over there in that corner. I'm I'm working I'm working that into the escape room somehow. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> funny you should say that. Um, no, I guess maybe because uh, I dress up like a pirate and Che Guevara and stuff, so people maybe don't take me seriously. Or it could be they don't really have to come and debrief us because we've talked about it in the past four months. We've talked yeah. about it so much that it's out there. There's like okay. a. It's no out point. on the internet, guys. Is where yep. it is. on the line. It's it's out on the internet. So them coming to us, it's too late. We didn't it's like tell Bob Lazar. Yeah. yeah, you got yeah. out and you talked about it. Yeah. So uh, and it was it was it was odd because it was gray aliens and it was parallel dimensions and it was a weird sort of centrifugal spaceship and our car went transparent. I mean, it's all. All manner of high strangeness. It's all so crazy, and we did not remember any of it for 10 years, 11 years. Mm -hmm. 11 years. Yeah, this is the problem with missing time, because that's one of the crazy ones. It's like people say, you know, it's just like, ah, it's just people forgetting stuff. And like, But there's several stories. Like, I'm sure you guys have encountered some of them, but there's many reports where people, they'll just can't like, yeah, you guys are just, you know, you're, you're crazy. Yeah, but you've got to explain the fact that this device has stopped on this time, mm -hmm. you know, and the, the the same thing connected to it. Time kept going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, it, and there's, there's things that don't make sense. You know, I think the best one was contact with in that movie where it's just, it's like, you know, to her, she went through this whole thing. And then, but when real life, it just fell right through the rings. They're like, yeah, but what about all this? Um, what about all this time that's on the recording that was recorded? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's one yeah. of those, you can't explain it. Missing time is missing time. It's just, you do it, but I'm sorry. It's like, you know, when I'm saying the objection, this watch is dead at the exact time it occurred. But yet, you know, over here, this, this kept running. It's like, there's, yeah. there's gotta be some explanation for why I, I'm coming back and people are like, you went out to get pizza. Yeah. That was eight hours ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I I was skeptical when I underwent the regression and all the stuff came out. Right, this mm -hmm. this creature that I encountered, who that's cool, so cool. Yeah, yeah. A wow. sketch artist did this based on the recording of my regression therapy session. The eyes are the only genuine thing about it. I think the eyes are the only thing genuine. The rest was some kind of screen memory some kind of weird thing, but this was the thing I saw. But I was so nervous when Tanya made the arrangement to also get regressed. Cause I was like, what if we had two completely different experiences? Then that means that I'm nuts or somehow I conjured this as a storyteller. I'm super conscious of that because I was always really skeptical of Whitley Strieber. 
right? Communion, but also the howling, the hunger. It's like, ah, this guy makes a living making up stories. So he just made up one and decided to make it as, as I was always very skeptical of it, not knowing that the universe has a sense of humor. And now I'm I'm in that exact position. Uh, Joey's a storyteller. He's been writing books and writing plays and telling stories his whole life. So it's just another story. But are storytellers more open to this stuff because our our antennae are more tuned? I don't know. I see what you, you know? did there. I see what you did there. Oh, what? Mothman, I said Moth, no, Mothman. I, you know, antennae. Yeah. I, was like, yeah. I see what you did. <laughs> yeah. oh, terrible dad jokes. Wow. Uh-oh. Someone's, <laughs> blo- someone's blown up my Facebook messenger. We might be in trouble. <laughs> I keep getting I just keep seeing it. <laughs> message you, message you, message you, message you. So. Oh, yeah. I know. It's just... No, that, that's that's one of those things. It's just I, for everybody that's you know interested. I mean, this one. Um, what I'm trying. I don't have it right here. I, I thought I had it written down. But what tip, what is the date for the festival? Oh, it's always the third weekend in September. I believe the third weekend in September. And there's a website people can go and check for updates. They're also on Facebook. Yeah, Mothman, Mothman Festival. Festival. Uh, make sure you go to the right one because someone set up a dummy Mothman Festival page. It's probably been taken down now. Um, but it's, I think it's the third weekend in September. But on Facebook, if you go to Mothman Festival. Mothmanfestival.com. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Yeah. That's the- yep. So definitely, we're, I mean, they get some of the most world-renowned speakers speakers that speak mm-hmm. at the festival i mean we've been very lucky we talked uh two two years i presented one year you presented um it's where we met rosemary ellen guiley our mentor um we wouldn't be here talking to you right now if we hadn't seen that thing i wanted to talk about that craig you were talking about you know the area and you know just mm-hmm. all of the you know the different factors but one of the biggest factors I think is the positive um, experiences that people walk away with after having visited Point Pleasant. I mean, some of the best friends that we have in the world, we met at Point Pleasant. And so many people talk about that. It's a place that brings people together. That's, that's cool. That's, that's one of those things. It, it's, you know, I'd like, I'd like to see, I like to see these stories where it just it's something that started out as you know traumatic, as I mean somebody that's still I mean to the point still recovering from the fact that got a you know I can still get you note you know pass into the door yeah. is wow. you know you can it can be turned into something of this one where it's a lot more positive people are coming away it just it's a you know festivities it's a festival it's fun it's not. A thing where everybody's walking around all emo, all -hmm. depressed, and you know it's it's really cool. Yeah. And the I mean, I was noticing this to uh, an even greater degree. I mean, I've always noticed it, but it's such an amazing town. They have this beautiful river walk with this amazing historic mural. Takes you through the whole history of the area. It's beautiful mural. Takes you down along the Ohio river. It ends at two Way park, which is a lovely park. Um, 
it's just an amazing little town. So even if, even for folks who aren't interested maybe in Mothman, I'd still highly recommend it as a place to visit. Yeah, good point. The Battle of Point Pleasant was there, which which was at the very beginning of the Revolutionary War. And uh, Mad Ann Bailey, who's a very interesting character, Daniel Boone spent time there. It's part of an area that George Washington surveyed in his 20s that was supposed to be called Vandalia. Um, you know, Ohio, West Virginia. It's fascinating. I'm reading some books now on Lord Dunmore's War. Um, very interesting oh, wow. stuff. Iroquois Confederacy, Shawnee, land disputes and all. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those. It's one of the top high strangeness places on Earth. And I feel like I've been attached to it forever, mm -hmm. that area. You know, it's well, one of the places... Hey, let's try not to mess with my camera here. Woo. That was not a ghost. That was just that was just me being a dork and smacking the you know cord of my. <laughs> no, what am I saying? Oh my god, that was a ghost. <laughs> we can debunk that. Well, no, I just want to make it seem more sensational. It's, oh yeah, I, I failed. I failed. <laughs> oh man, you guys, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's always been a it's always been a pleasure. It. Oh. It's always a, it's always a good time. Thank you. Thank you. We feel the same. It's it's one of those. I, I don't know if you guys know. Real, real quick, I don't know if you guys notice this, but you notice how fast time goes after the first half hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. It seems it like you get the, the first half hour just seems to go, seems to go, and then you're like, all right, you're talking, and then all of a sudden I look up the clock, I'm like, my God, we're already over an hour. I'm like, yeah, geez, where does time go? Yeah. And so it. But yeah, you guys, I mean, you've had a busy night, you know, you had a show prior to ours and then you came on here. Um, you know, I want to talk, talk about, you, you know, pump you guys up a little bit on Facebook. It's into the outer realms. We have their logo behind us here. One of their, one of their newer ones that they have, have up. It's kind of that cool des design. I'm going to, we can bring that up just by itself or not. Dropping all of us off. One second. But then we have just their books. I mean, your latest one that's just out, Roommate. Yep, there it is. Into the Outer Realms. You know, I really like that one with the the objection. That's that was real. That was really cool. Uh, you guys have. I'm going to share it here so people can see that. Are you know, as we're talking about it here, the Roommates from Beyond. You just that just came out. Um, it seems like you guys have been having pretty good results. You know, in reviews off that book so far. Yes. What, I've, yes. what I've been hearing. Yeah, it's been very well received, which we're excited about. It's a practical handbook for people to use to catch catch these things early. Because if it's already television worthy, it's too late. It's gone too far. So get it when it's first manifesting so that you can really deal with it. Uh, we launched our Paranormal Bill of Rights as part of the book. That's been very well received. So, uh, yeah, thank you for the mm -hmm. plug. Yeah, watch out for the hallway. You've also got an, a line for, uh, especially there's, I'm not even sure what the term is for it, but it's it's basically you, the group that really are into um, pirate and pirate life. You've, oh, you've, yeah. You've got, you've got your book series that's around, you know, that same genre, you know, is um, the, oh, God, apologize, the name of failing me here is um, something oh, Quill. Oh, the name of the book series? Cannon in the yes. Quill. Cannon in the Quill. I see, I got right. You know, you've yeah. got you've got that whole. Um, what is that called? It's 
you know, because you got Renaissance Fair for the people that are oh, into, oh, you know, oh. um, the, they call them pirate festivals, actually. Pirate festivals. Okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know if there was like a fancy name for it, you know, because you, you've got those. But yeah, they've got, you know, you guys have all sorts of different things. Tanya, you have your own little side thing for people that want to contact you. They can, they can get in touch with you for a reading for you to actually talk, you know, actually sit down and think. So that, that's something if you contact them, what, what's the best place to get? for you for that either through the facebook into the outer realms page that's fine you can message me there or you can find my tanya medea medium page also on facebook and you're doing past life regressions now too right i do i do spiritual coaching i help people develop their intuitive abilities their psychic abilities i do past life regression hypnosis uh, readings have you guys um, finished your book yet on how to kill your desire for free time? <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But really, we're having we're having so much fun, though. I know, I know. It's what I always talk about. This. It's like these are people that absolutely cannot stand free time. They must be doing something at all times. You know, it just. But it just for the you know we haven't talked to you for a little while so publicly and everything i want to wish you a happy anniversary you guys look oh thank you really good time thank you yeah that trip up to niagara falls and had some paranormal experiences on top of everything else yeah we're trying to stay young and uh, we got a house full of 20 year olds now staying with us so they keep us young (laughs) yeah well we're gonna need to let you get back to them you know it's okay (laughs) uh but thank you guys again appreciate it um is there anything, Joey, you would like to nod that might be going on at the end of this month? Oh, I would. So Craig and I have conspired on a project that we call, right now we're just calling it the RTC. And it's actually back behind us now, center stage. Uh, people can take a screenshot or something and blow it up, see what it's about. But we're going to unveil it. Um, it's a group of about six or seven of us who are looking at fringe theories. That's what I like to call them, fringe theories, because the C yeah. word uh, is too easily dismissed. Um, yeah. you know, so they're fringe theories. And Craig, you want to tell them what our debut topic is on the 20th? Yeah, we'll, be talk- um, we'll be talking about the Denver International Airport yeah. and all the strange, weird you know, things that are going around it, that. I, it, it's definitely one. We did an episode on it a while ago, and this will be kind of a cool one because I'm coming at it with basically that that part but also be bouncing it off people that have got same other ideas so just we'll be doing that and we'll talk about that so i just give a little right. plug plug for that other project for you guys right on, cool january 28th and we even have secret members anonymous members with code names yep <laughs> we're having fun and yep, should so be cool you know, really, so. really just joking around so yeah oh that's just like how funny in las vegas we have a bus transit named rtc oh okay awesome. cool yeah, that's right oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, all right, we're gonna be well, taking the bus somewhere. We're out where we'll be out where the buses don't run. That's what they say. I know. Does that, <laughs> does that bus go to Groom Lake? Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. everybody, all right, peace, guys. Thank you, guys. you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Great to Thank see you. Thank you. Great to hang out yeah. with you again. Oh, always. Happy well, New, we'll Happy New Year. Happy Let's hope so. Again. Yes, okay, guys. Good all right, night. All right, everybody. Like I said, go to Enter the Outer Realms on Facebook. You know, show them they've got shows every week on Thursdays. 
Uh, Nanny Cakes, Nancy Burke, 407-923-2898. Uh, she will get give you 15% off your cake order here in the Central Florida area by just mentioning that you know us crazies. Threebeardspodcast.com. Go check that out. Patreon.com forward slash threebeardspodcast. Uh, go become one with us beardos. Help support us. We would absolutely appreciate it. Um, then all the social medias. Yo, you know, I, I don't really know what's the best one to just, I mean, all of them. Twitter, all Instagram, them. YouTube, Facebook. Obviously, you know, you're here. Uh, they, if you could go there, any podcast platform, we are there. Down, you can send, you know, RSS. You know, we've got that link up there, but you can also just search us up, Three Beards Podcast, and you'll pop it in. Um, by downloading and listening to it, you really help us out that way, too. So, everybody, thanks for watching. Have a great night. Happy New Year to everybody. And we will talk to you later. Good night.